0: Buenos días. Muy bien. <laughs> you know, whenever I go to Pennsylvania and speak, I just don't get near the reception that I do here in Texas. That's great. That's great. We are so thrilled to be with you here this morning. And uh, what, first of all, I want to introduce you to my son. Uh, some of you, the first time you met him, he was probably about three years old when the first team came from Fellowship Bible Church down to San Juan del Rio. And he's grown a little bit uh, since then. And we're so thrilled to see how God is leading our kids um, in their lives, too. Uh, When they were born into the family, they weren't required to be missionaries. That wasn't the the deal. Um, But we're thrilled to see how God is leading them, some of them, uh, into ministry. And so I wanted Josiah to share a little bit about uh, some of the things that God has been doing in his life um, and the way that you've participated through your gifts in uh, his internship.
1: Good morning. It's good to be with you all again today. Um, it's been about a year since, since we were here last, so it's good to see a lot of um, faces that I recognize from people who came down on teams, like my dad said, and um, so it's good to see you again. And for those of you who don't know, um, I'm Josiah, and I'm the oldest of the five Yingling kids. And um, I grew up in Mexico. I was there my whole life, and um, I graduated high school right before we left, so that was about three years ago. And when we moved back to the States, I wasn't really sure um, what I wanted to do with my life. I was kind of confused. I didn't really know um, what God had for me. So um, that fall, after we had moved back, I I was praying and um, trying to see um, what direction I should take. And God led me to do um, an internship in Papua New Guinea. So this church actually supported me on that. And I just wanted to thank you guys once again for that, because um, that was just a really important thing in my life. and it gave me um, kind of more of a direction um, to, where, to where I think um, God's leading me. So this morning, I'm just going to share a little bit about that internship in Papua New Guinea, and also what I'm doing now, and what I hope to do in the future. Um, so this is Papua New Guinea. Um, it's on the other side of the world, um, right above Australia, just north of Australia. And it's one of the largest islands in the world. So it takes about 52 hours traveling time to get there. So <laughs> it was a long trip. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful country, and there's lots, um, lots of people groups in this country. There's about um, 800 languages that are spoken in Papua New Guinea, um, so lots of little, different tribal groups. And um, so I went to do an internship with New Tribes Mission, and their focus is obviously to um, reach all these different tribal groups, um, different people groups who speak different languages. They translate the Bible and they also plant churches. So I was there for six weeks during the summer, and um, we can go to the next. Next slide. Um, w- the program was called Interface. And it's basically, it was kind of a college level internship. Uh, we had missions classes, so we were learning um, how, how to learn a language, how to learn a tribal language. Um, you can't just go and get Rosetta Stone and learn the language, because no one else speaks the language. So um, they taught us different techniques for how to start um, learning a language like that. They also taught us um, how to study culture, how to, um, how they do church planning, how they teach through the Bible. Um, It's a little different than um, working with people in other countries because these people don't have the Bible in their language. So you have to start from the beginning. Um, So they taught us how to do that. And then we also, there was a village right next to where we were um, staying. And so we got to go out and work with the people, practice a little bit of what we were learning. Um, So that was the main part of it. And then for one week, we also got to go to a little village way out in the jungle. So we took a three-hour plane ride in a little mission plane. We landed at a grass airstrip um, on the river, and then we took a canoe upriver about three, three more hours to get to this little village. So it was really remote, way out there. Um, the most technologically advanced thing they had was a machete. So it was all huts, um, but it was just really cool to see. There was missionaries working there. Um, And they had just planted a church. There was the first believers, um, had been there for about uh, eight months, I believe. So the church was brand new. So it was just really neat to be able to worship with them. And um, we also shared communion with them, which was a little different. Um, They use, they make this paste out of uh, tree starch. So that was the bread and they didn't have, of course, uh, grape juice, so we had coconut milk. So That's what we used for the communion. So that was different, but it was just really cool to see that um, even though it's different, we're still all believers in one body in Christ. So, um, another thing we got to do was um, we got to see um, the Bible translation process. When I was sitting in, in the church um, with these people, I had you know, my whole Bible, Old and New Testament. Um, you know, and we have several translations in English, and all they had so far was um, Romans and John, the book of John. So. Which is great, you know, that's exciting, but still we kind of take for granted, I think, a lot of times, at least I do, um, the whole Bible and um, these people were, were so thrilled just to have those two books and they were so thrilled to be studying it. And so that kind of really impacted me to see the need um, to, to do Bible translation because there's still many, many, many languages that um, don't have the Bible in their language. Uh, we can go to the next slide. Some of the things that really impacted me on this trip, um, were just the numbers and the need. Um, there's of the world 6,500 people groups. There's still 2,500 that are unreached. Uh, many of those are in tribal type locations where there's no access to the gospel whatsoever. So the only way um, is if somebody goes and tells them because the Bible's not in their language and no one's ever gone um, to tell them the gospel. So many are just living in darkness. So um, one of the verses that really stood out to me is, um, it's romans ten, thirteen 13 14 that just kind of came alive where it says for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them so god just kind of um really spoke that verse into my heart because um there is such a need for people to go and tell them because otherwise there's no other way that they would know and they just keep living in darkness they live and die um their whole lives generation after generation um, to no access to the gospel. So that was one thing that, that really impacted me. And I put this picture on here because on our way to that little village out in the jungles, um, we stopped by on the river at this other tribal village. Um, this was on the way. And um, we were there, and the, the, when we pulled up to the bank, the whole village came out, and they just kind of surrounded our canoe. And um, they were talking, and the missionary who was with us, um, he, was, he was able to talk to them. And um, I think we were just dropping off a package, but... Anyway, the missionary later on told us that the people were wondering if we were going to be their missionaries because they've been waiting for a missionary to come for a long time and, um, and no one's come so far. So they were wondering if we were going to be their missionaries. And, you know, he said, no, they're just visiting. But uh, that, that apparently happens a lot. Right now there's um, still a lot of people groups who want a missionary. They want to hear the, the good news of the message. But um, a lot of times the missions just have to say, sorry, there's not enough missionaries. We don't have enough people to... Um, To go um, to your village so you know, then they kind of put them on a list and you know Hope when more missionaries come they they try to send them there But um, there is such a great need so that was another thing that kind of really impacted me during this trip And we can go to the next slide Um, Another thing was just how difficult tribal missions is Um, The missionaries do live in a very difficult conditions a lot of times it's um difficult climate Uh, the language is difficult culture is difficult and there's a lot of diseases in these types of areas a lot of times but um, something that just stood out to me and from hearing the testimonies of the missionaries there is that um, a lot of times um, they didn't feel equipped either to do the work it seems impossible and they didn't feel like they could do it but how um, God's grace just enabled them to be able to do the work that um, he had for them and so that was just something 2 uh, Corinthians 12:9 is something that really stood out to me during this trip and how God's grace is sufficient for us, even in our weaknesses. And he uses our weaknesses, and um, what we think we can't do, he uses that, and he brings himself glory through, through what we can't do. So that was just something that really um, impacted me there, is that to me that yeah, kind of seems impossible, and I don't know if I could do it. I was thinking, man, I don't know if I could do this. But um, just a reminder that God, um, God can use anyone who's willing, and if he calls you, he's the one that equips for, for whatever work um, he has. And so that was um, my experience in Papua New Guinea. And then I came back here and I felt um, that God really wanted to um, lead me into tribal missions. So I decided to enroll in Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And um, so I've been there. I did my first year online and then my second year, which was last year, I did um, on campus in Chicago. So I'm a biblical studies major and I have two more years left. So halfway, halfway done. and there's lots of ministry opportunities in chicago so i've enjoyed um doing we've been working with um, ecuadorian people there so we're trying to start a church plant with with them and we're working with ecuadorian kids so that keeps me busy along with classes and um, lots of other stuff there so um i'm home for the summer and i'll go back in this this coming fall to chicago and um, i'm excited to see where the lord leads um after moody after my two years there i hope to go um, join New Tribes Mission and go to their missionary training center which is in Missouri and then after that we'll see where God leads so um, you guys can be praying, praying for me that um, God would just give me direction as far as where he wants me to go um, direction with at the training center um, once I get to that point the different countries, different options I'm really not sure I just feel like God really wants me to, to be involved in tribal missions so but I would just want to thank you guys once again for Um, your support, and it's such a blessing to be back here. So thank you.
0: Great. Thank you, Josiah. It's fun um, to watch our kids grow up and see where the Lord leads them, and uh, we're in that stage now uh, where all of our kids, our youngest is with us, Keegan, he's 14, and Josiah's the oldest at, uh, how old are you, Josiah, 22 or something like that? Um, So it's a fun stage. We're enjoying it. Um, Why in the world are we, uh, Josiah mentioned that we moved from Mexico back to Texas uh, three years ago, and why are we still here? What is going on? Well, God has provided an opportunity that we never anticipated or looked for, uh, but we're able to reach more Spanish speakers around the world actually by coming back to our home office in the Dallas area. And we're working, I work now as the director of e-ministries. And we're, um, we're doing evangelism and discipling new Spanish-speaking believers in over 120 countries around the world uh, through the Internet. I have to tell you, I was very skeptical of this ministry when we started. I was like, well, I'm sure we can do a little good, but it's really not going to make that big of a difference in people's lives. But I am amazed at how God impacts people's lives. And so I have a brief video just to share real quickly um, about this ministry. Um, My goal as a director is to provide a platform where we can help Spanish speakers reach out around the world to Spanish speakers um, in, in all of these different countries and share the love of Christ with them. Since 1890, the Central American Mission founded by C.I. Schofield and now known as Camino Global, has used creative and innovative methods to share the good news among Spanish-speaking peoples. The Internet is undoubtedly one of the most important communication tools available today. Telecommunications companies are working hard to provide Internet access to every person in the world by the year 2020. For today's generation, known as the connected generation, The Internet is not just a tool, it is a way of life. People with access to the Internet spend an average of 30 hours a week online. In order to realize our mission of transforming lives for Christ, we must effectively communicate through web pages, blogs, and Facebook. Camino Global's Internet Ministry is called Obrero Fiel. Our staff and volunteers connect with hundreds of thousands of people each year as we reach, teach, equip, and encourage Spanish speakers for Christ. In order to reach Spanish speakers with the gospel, Obrero Fiel has developed strategic partnerships with Global Media Outreach and GotQuestions.org. These ministries host evangelistic web pages, which are viewed by millions of people each year. Obrero Fiel develops and maintains a network of volunteers which provide personal follow-up for Spanish speakers who make decisions for Christ on these websites. Erica from Venezuela recently told us, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you understand my needs and are praying for me. I have now been baptized. God is doing great things in my life. I will sign up for the online discipleship course. It only costs 10 cents to share the gospel message with someone searching for spiritual help online. Through Alberto Fiel's online school of discipleship, We teach Bible study courses in our online classroom or by email. Students grow in their personal relationship with Christ and their understanding of his word as well as receive counsel and prayer from our course facilitators. Mabel in Argentina recently emailed saying, I want to thank the team at Obrero Fiel for leading me through these Bible studies. February marked one year that I have been studying online with you and I am excited to see how much I have grown spiritually. I'm also using the lessons you sent me to teach the senior adults in my church each week. Obrero Fiel is able to provide online discipleship materials and mentor, encourage, and pray for one student through a course facilitator for just $1.90. In addition, we also have a new church directory webpage to help these new disciples find a local body of believers where they can continue their spiritual journey. Obrero Fiel also equips Spanish-speaking leaders with tools for ministry. Currently, we offer more than 6,800 resources which are viewed or downloaded millions of times each year by people in more than 100 countries around the world. After downloading some ministry resources, one missionary wrote to tell us, I've used your materials at a Christian camp and at a local church. I'm a missionary from Central Africa and by God's grace am serving in Cuba. It costs Obrero Fiel just one dollar to provide each downloadable resource online for one year. Some of our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters minister with little spiritual encouragement for their own personal lives. We encourage thousands of pastors, missionaries, and lay workers through our weekly e-magazine. We also respond personally to emails we receive from God's servants asking for prayer and counsel regarding their ministry. A pastor from Costa Rica recently told us, your e-magazine has revitalized my faith and my ministry. As a pastor, I felt alone, like there was no one to help me, but Obrero Fiel has been a real encouragement. It only costs Obrero Fiel 48 cents per year to provide one free subscription to our e-magazine. Camino Global is taking advantage of the internet as a ministry platform and developing new tools to effectively connect with people seeking spiritual help. Through Obrero Fiel, we reach, teach, equip, and encourage this generation for Christ. Thank you for helping us. Well, hopefully that gives you a brief overview of what we've been involved in, um, providing resources, providing opportunities for Spanish speakers around the world to connect to our volunteers, hundreds of volunteers that work with us, and encourage them in their relationship with the Lord wherever they're at in their spiritual journey. And you are a part of that. You as a church uh, financially help uh, the ministry and make it possible. And as I was greeting people this morning, I was so thrilled to hear a couple of you said, I pray for you every week. And you don't know what that means to me, because it's not how fast I can type on the computer or or how wonderful our server is, it's God's Holy Spirit that's working in people's lives and transforming them. Sure, he's using the servers and he's using the internet and he's using um, these resources, but it's God's Holy Spirit that takes those things and impacts people's lives. And God's Holy Spirit works as his people pray. And so we're so grateful for each one of you, for your part in what God is doing around the world in the lives of Spanish speakers. Thank you for your participation with us. Well, I want to move on. Um, I have a a picture, I think, to start out here of the family. Uh, You've gotten to meet Josiah, and I wanted to give you a very quick update with the the rest of the family. Um, After Josiah is Brianna. She's the one on the left there. Uh, She graduated from high school last year, and this year um, she is studying at Word of Life Bible Institute in Jeju, South Korea. Um, and it's a full year program. She left at uh, the beginning of September and she gets back towards the end of August. So she is, um, the Lord is teaching her a lot. She's growing a lot and, um, and she went there so that she could travel and see another place in the world because she's interested too in sharing the gospel um, as, as a missionary. So pray for Brianna. Um, it's been a, a tough year for her but it's been good for her. She's grown through that and she's um, anxious to get back and see how the Lord will lead her and where he will use her. Very possible that she might End up at Moody Bible Institute in the missions department as well, um, and then Aaron is our middle one here, there, and he's in the middle in the picture too. He just graduated um, from high school this year, and uh, our church in Canton, where we are living right now, uh, has a youth choir, and they're on tour, so he's not with us. They're touring right now and doing ministry in the San Antonio area. Um, but Aaron uh, did some of you. How many of you were went to uh, San Juan del Rio? How many of you are here? Okay, a few of you. One of the things that Ruth did was run our kids around to tennis lessons like crazy. And uh, it wasn't um, just for the tennis, although it was helpful, but one of the reasons was to be able to meet other families and share Christ with them. And so Aaron is very excited about that. He just really latched onto that whole idea uh, while we were there, our uh, tennis... teacher made a profession of faith and other families we were able to minister to and so Aaron is continues with the tennis and uh, TJC has a very good tennis program and so he plans on uh, going to that program this fall uh, get his tennis degree and then probably transfer to Moody Bible Institute in the sports ministries department and he wants to use tennis to reach people in some country around the world so we'll see how the Lord leads him. Uh, and then Monica and Keegan are still in high school, um, and they're with us here today, so you can, uh, they, can, they can tell you themselves about what's going on. You can ask them after the service. Uh, we're thrilled to watch God work uh, in your lives. I heard encouraging reports about what God is doing here, and that's so exciting, um, and in, in the lives of our family. Um, we serve a good God, and He has been so faithful. And we are we're grateful to walk the journey with you uh, here at Fellowship Bible Church. We're not always able to be here. wish we could be here more. But I'm glad we have these few years. I don't think we'll be in the Dallas area forever. Um, we're looking at other places in the world where the Lord might call us. And, um, and this is our assignment for now. But we're anxious to continue to help people around the world know Christ um, as their Savior. Well... Um, want to uh, focus this morning on a passage um, as we go, w- move into the teaching time uh, from Titus, Titus chapter 3. And, um, and Paul here starts out in chapter 3 of Titus with a word that is a command. Remind them. Remember, is what Paul is saying. Remember. Now in our day and age, um, I don't know, there's a lot to remember, isn't there? <laughs> I mean, I'm always forgetting something, you know. Oh, was I supposed to pick that up at the store? Oh, I was supposed to do that? And I'm always forgetting because there's so much out there. And I think um, what Paul is doing uh, here with Titus, as he writes to him, is what we need today as well. He says, sometimes you need to stop and remember everything. Where do you remember? Okay? Some people use a phone to remember things, right? They got their list on there. Other people write it down. They're old school and they got their pen and their paper, right? Okay? Uh, Some people have a wife that remembers for them, right? That's that's the wife's job. (laughs) Okay? We all remember in different ways. But the important thing, and and this passage that we're going to look at, just the first eight verses of chapter 3, the whole thing hinges on this first word in the passage. Remember. Paul says, remind them. It's a command. All right? And so this morning, what we're going to look at very quickly are three things that Paul says that they should remember as believers in Jesus Christ, and why they should remember them. All right? Many times as believers, our life gets uh, wrapped up in so many things, and and we need time just to stop and pull away and remember what is important. I remember when I was studying at Moody Bible Institute, the the president there, when he would speak in chapel, he would say... The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, okay? We've got to remember what is important because there's so many distractions. There's so many things that can pull us away and move us here and there, and we've got to keep the main thing um, the main thing. So let's look at the first thing that Paul asked Titus um, to remember. Um, first of all, he says, Remember how radically different your life should be as a believer. Do you see yourself as different as a believer than the other people around you in your world? As believers, our lives should be radically different. Let me read the the passage, the verse real quick here, Um, if I can. It's just verses 1 and 2. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. There's a list here, depending on how you divide it up, of of at least five things that we should remember um, in in ways that our lives should should be radically different than those that are around us that aren't believers. Let's just run through them real quick. Number one, uh, the passage says we need to submit to rulers and to obey authorities. Well, that seems pretty given. That's a given thing, right? I mean, pretty normal. Of course we do. The question is, do we do that? Actually, I think we live in a world that's kind of in rebellion against authority, right? We're always looking for ways to get around authority. We're always looking for ways not to submit or to pretend like we're submitting them, but then behind their back, we're doing something different. As believers, Christ calls us to submit to rulers and to obey authorities. And I think some people say, well, I would do that, but you know, I'm sure the, the people in Paul's day were much more... They were good rulers. I mean, you want me to submit... To my boss, you want me to submit to these 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 uh, politicians today? I mean, Paul doesn't know what what's going on here. Let me remind you that Paul lived and worked and ministered in the Roman world, the Roman Empire. Corruption was rife throughout the empire. Everybody was grabbing power to get whatever they could for themselves. Probably over fifty percent of the people that Paul was writing to were slaves. And they were being treated unjustly and inhumanly and incorrectly. And Paul says to submit? Paul says to obey? He does. Now that doesn't mean that Paul agrees with slavery and Paul agrees that you should be corrupt and all these types of things. But, and certainly we as believers don't do that. But Paul is saying even though our rulers are corrupt, even though our authorities are, are unkind and unjust, we should submit and we should obey as believers in Jesus Christ. I think a lot of times we try and skirt around that issue because we say, well, I would if they were decent leaders. Well, I would if my boss was fair. And we need to realize that Paul lived in a world that was very unfair and he still calls us here to submit. What else should we do? How else should we live differently as believers? Be ready to do what is good for others. When's the last time you ran across somebody, met somebody, and you say, wow, they're really thinking of others first? You know, I don't find a lot of people in the world that are like that, right? Everybody's so involved in themselves, and hey, if you want to be a friend and there's some way you can help them and we can have a fun time together, that's great. But when's the last time you saw somebody that said, hey, they're all about serving other people? That's what they're living for. It's rare. It's rare to find somebody like that. What else does Paul say? don't speak badly about others Uh uh-oh that's a hard one isn't it was there a time this past week that you spoke badly about somebody else to somebody else they weren't there and you said something unkind about them you made them look worse in that person's eyes because of what you said paul says don't do that remember that as believers we shouldn't do that number four let personal offenses go, think about others. But we have our rights, don't we? I mean, it's not fair that they treat me like that. That's offensive. That's not right. Paul says, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we should let those things go. And we should be focused on the other person. Hey, I I didn't write this, okay? (laughs) Okay. It's in God's Word. I'm just preaching here this morning. These are tough things for us. Paul says our lives should be radically different than those around us that aren't believers. Can you imagine if we lived like this every day of our lives as believers? We would be some very different-looking people. Number five, the last one here. Be humble. Choose to serve others. Now remember, humility isn't talking about some mamby pamby weakness thing, right? Humble is whenever that's, there's power, strong power, but it's under control and it's used for the right purposes. Okay? Submit, obey, be ready to do what is good, okay? I was just thinking the other day, um, about I had heard about a soldier that, landed on a, that, that threw himself on a landmine and saved at least 8 or 10 people around him. Okay, There are moments in our lives when we don't have time to think, now, what would be the right thing to do? We need to be ready. We need to be so ingrained in our mind that we're serving others. That is our goal. That when those moments come, like that soldier, he was ready to give his life without even a thought to save those around him. Be ready to do what is good for others don't speak badly about them let those personal offenses go think of others be humble choose to serve others what paul is saying here is our lives as believers is our we are to be serving others all right it's radically different The last time I was here, I actually preached on the passage that we read this morning, Psalm 67. And the whole gist of that passage is, we are blessed, it asks for God's blessing, to be a blessing to others. So that the nations may know. That that passage in Psalms that we read says, God bless us. Not so we can have a wonderful life and do all the, the, you know, our bucket list or whatever. But God bless us so that we may bless the nations and let them know about Christ. Uh, the blessing that God gives us, the relationship that God gives us is so that we can serve others and that we can impact their lives. How are we doing as believers? Are you others focused? Or are you me focused? I've got to tell you, it's not easy. And I'm supposed to be the missionary. It's hard. I love my comfort. I love to rest. I love for people to take care of my needs. I love for people to talk about me. Am I really concerned about others? Am I really living for others? Am I really doing all that I can to serve others? That's the first thing that, that is in this passage that we are, we are to remember. How radically different our lives should be as we serve others in this ungodly society. But then Paul goes on, number two, and um, we need to move very fast. Uh, we'll finish up here soon. Uh, in, in verse 3, he says, At one time, we too were foolish. We believers were foolish. We were disobedient. We were deceived. We were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Paul's talking about the old life. If you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, the old life. Paul's talking about those that we're supposed to be serving. You see, sometimes I think we say, well, sure, I'll serve other people if they're nice, but if they get in my face or if they're going to be unkind to me or they're not going to appreciate what I do, well, forget that. How many people in churches have come in and, oh, they're nice and they want to serve and they want to help, but if they don't get the recognition or somebody treats them unkindly, they're out of here. Alright? We as believers are called to serve people that are a mess. In what ways? Number one, foolish. They make bad decisions based on lies. Number two, they're disobedient. Okay? They're thinking of themselves first. Number three, they're deceived. They think they know what they're talking about, but they don't have a clue. They don't understand the truth of the Gospel. They don't understand the truth that we have in God's Word. Number four, they are enslaved and living for self-gratification try as hard as they may if they're not a believer in Jesus Christ they're living for themselves and they're living for their own pleasure number five they sometimes the malice here comes in they're trying to hurt other people or at least step on other people to get ahead and they hate others for what they have oh I wish I had that and if I don't have it uh, I'm kind of mad at that person does that ever happen to anybody Paul says here, before we came to know Christ, that's the way we lived. And we're supposed to live radically different. And we're supposed to serve people that look like this. And sometimes we say, well, sure, I'll serve them. I'll love them in Christ's name. But not if they're going to treat me like that. That should not surprise us. They are unbelievers. And that is the way unbelievers live. Don't be shocked. Don't run away. Don't give up just because people treat you that way. Serve others in Christ's name. Whew, there's lots more to say there, but we've got to keep moving. The Third thing that we should remember. We should remember, first of all, Paul says, remember that you should live radically different. Remember the sad realities of a life without God. And number three, remember the benefits that true believers enjoy in Jesus Christ okay i'm not going to take time to read uh, verses uh, four to seven here just because of time uh, but i'll go ahead and and, uh, jot down here very quickly the the uh, different aspects of of what we're talking about are you glad to be a believer in jesus christ those of you that truly have a, a personal relationship with him oh man as we were singing the songs in worship time all about God and all the riches of who He is, and we get to have a personal relationship with Him? I mean, we're just lowly created messes, really. Uh, You know, God created us and then things went downhill from there. But He sought us. He reached down to grab us. He saved us, not because we deserve it, but in His mercy and unmerited grace. He provides so much. Let's look at some of the things that he provides here that these verses talk about. Number one. Number one. Doesn't want to work. Or are they not there? (laughs) Maybe I messed up. Let's not blame the people in the sound booth. It could be my fault, you know. Fortunately, I have a copy here, too. (laughs) Number one. He saved us who saved us he did okay boy sometimes you know after you've been a believer for a while and you're living the good life and you're kind of mature in christ and you look around and see all those other people's lives and they're a mess um you know you kind of say oh you know i'm kind of a good guy god picked the right one here we don't deserve anything from god Sometimes we say, well, God, you know, he, he saved me 99%, but 1% is because I'm kind of a good guy. That is a lie. 100% is due to God and his privilege and power. He saved us. Second, it says, by, we have access to the Holy Spirit 24-7. You know, sometimes we get a little bit critical about, you know, these Old Testament believers, Israel. Man, those guys walking around the desert for 40 years because they just wouldn't obey And we get on their case, right? How could they do that? I mean, God saves them, brings them through the Red Sea. Amazing. And then they start messing up. Well, remember that God's people throughout the ages, until the time of the church, did not have the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. The Bible says that once in a while, the Holy Spirit would come and do something special and miraculous. Um, But even people like the lives of Abraham and Moses and David, the Holy Spirit would come and go in specialized moments. Do you know that today, in this age, as believers in Jesus Christ, we have access to God through the Holy Spirit 24-7 in our lives. If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, He's living in you, and He will not leave until you are in heaven with Christ. Wow. God Himself living in you. That is an incredible privilege. Number three... Oh boy. <laughs> We've been justified by His grace. Our debt is paid. Do you ever feel guilty about things from time to time? I sometimes struggle with guilt. You know, I remember, oh, I wish I had done that differently, and I feel guilty. Our debts, our sins, have been paid by Christ. Praise the Lord for that privilege. We don't have to feel guilty, He has paid our debts. Number four. Oh, it worked. Heirs. Heirs of the riches of God. You know, the New Testament talks in many places that we are heirs with Christ. We are called sons of God. Do you feel like a son or daughter of God? Through Christ. I mean, now in our carnal ability, you better not feel too much like a son or daughter of God because it's pretty nasty. But through Christ, through that Holy Spirit who's transforming us, we are sons and daughters of God. And then number five the hope of eternal life some days you get tired and just say man i'm ready for god to come i I say that many times i I guess it's part of middle age crisis or i don't know what it is but you know i'm just like god today would be a great day for you to come you know I, i want you to notice something here uh we talked for in number four about heirs and then about hope a lot of times heirs say well what's an heir you get a lot of stuff when the person dies right and you're not with the person but at least you have the stuff um but the hope that we have is that we get both, okay? We get all the glorious riches of God, and we will be with Him forever. Hope of eternal life with God forever. Isn't that amazing? God is good. So, to finish up here very, very quickly, Paul says three things. Three things you need to remember. Remember how radically different your life should be. Remember the sad realities of a life without God. And remember the incredible privileges that you enjoy if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ. And then the last thing in verse 8. Why is it important to remember these three things? Let me read it as we finish. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want to stress these things so that you who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. We have to be careful to devote, okay? It's not going to happen automatically. Just because you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not going to do the right things. We have to be careful and we have to devote energy, devote ourselves to what is good. And what is good? Those things, it says, the passage, that are excellent and profitable for everyone, for other people, serving other people. So, the goal here is is that we serve others in love. Remember how you should live. Remember your life before you were in Christ. Remember the privileges that you have so that you can serve others in love. Last year when I was here, we I mentioned the song, We Are Blessed to Be a Blessing. This year another song came to my, li- to my mind as I was... Um, as I was thinking about this, and that song is, You're the only Jesus some will ever see. Those of you that are older than 40, do you remember that song back in the early 80s? You are the only Jesus some will ever see. You are the only words of life some will ever read. Let them see in you the one in whom is all they'll ever need because you're the only Jesus some will ever see. You know, that's so true around the world. We need to live our lives in a way. The goal of our lives is to make disciples, to share Christ's love with others. And when we think of, oh, it's just the person at the restaurant. I can be mean to them if I want to. I'm having a rough day. I need to take it out on somebody. Or, oh, you know, he's just a whatever. It's sin. And God calls us to a new life in him to serve others in love. And together, we will worship around the throne from all tribes and nations and tongues, as people come to know Christ as their Savior. Can I encourage you this week to love? Look for those that are the most unlovable that you can find and love them for Christ. Thank you so much.